When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of Sparring Session. I'm George Jakovic, the ref, judge, and commissioner. Got the champs. Chris Algerian, Pauli Malinaji, they are going to debate and verbally spar over four topics. These guys are both champions. They'll always be champions, but there's only one sparring session champion. That's Pauli Malinaji. But Chris, I got to say, you're looking like you're from a Van Damme movie from the 80s. You got the shades on. I mean, you look like you are ready to rumble. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to bring it today. I was uh, quite upset about the turnout of the last one. I thought that was one of the most ridiculous decisions we've had in sparring session history. So, you know, I'm coming come on my A game today. I keep it business. With champ. I'm keeping it business. It's champ, champ Pauli Malinaji. You're four and two in 2024 in sparring session. So you are the defending champ. Chris has been complaining. He literally threw a book at me at the end of the last show. I got another one ready. So uh, your, your, your thoughts defending your belt today? Kamish, you know, I don't have any any qual any qualms with this. You know, we see my my opposition is uh, you know already starting with the complaints to the commission. You know, I I, I have a lot of respect for the commission, and uh, you know the decisions have whoa, been whoa, whoa. have been very I didn't, very. I didn't complain. I'm just saying I came here he's, ready. He's ready to throw books at the commission. You know, I'm not I'm not doing that kind of stuff. You know, I got my notepad. Wow, it's a a calm, composed Pauli Malinaji. Wow. Well, let's let's go over the topics real quick. Uh, round one is a good one. You guys had a great debate with Tim Bradley. We just passed President's Day. So the round one is going to be what president would make the best boxer and what boxer would make the best president. That's round one. Round two is a good one. We love the fantasy fights. Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya against Canelo at 154. That's round two. Round three, a fight that could happen in boxing. Anthony Joshua against Big Bang Zhang. They have a history. They may fight again sometime soon. And finally, round four, most devastating revenge knockout in history. There have been a lot of them. You guys are going to debate which is the best. So, Paulie, you are the defending champion. You can start or you can defer. The choice is up to you. I'll defer to JC. Jean-Claude. JCVD. <laughs> defer. I mean, listen, if they redo Mortal Kombat, which I think they've done a few times, Chris, you're, you'd be the guy. Man, I've been You'd, I've been trying, dude. I could I could uh, I could, I could no, jump Street Fighter, Guile, Street Fighter. Got dyed my hair blonde, but that's a, well, you, they, you they, do kind, they do that kind of stuff on Hollywood sets. Yeah, or they just put a wig on you, spike it. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you've got the look, but are you going to be a champ after today? That was that a good. That was a good rock set song. You got the look. So, <laughs> we got we got round one. Remember, round one. The debate is what president would be the best boxer. What boxer would be the best president? So round one, Chris Algieri is going to start. Ring the bell for round one. 
President's Day was this week, and we had, a, we had a long discussion about this. There's been a lot of talk about this. I put this on my social media. I had a vote, and it really came down to two guys. But for me, it was the guy that I always thought it was, Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, the rough rider himself. He actually boxed. The guy literally would invite champions and random naval officers and military guys to the White House to spar in the, background, in the backyard of the White House. Uh, literally went blind in one of his eyes from one of those sparring sessions. So the guy who had been training for the more, more time of his life would have made a better box. That's, that's, that's Teddy Roosevelt. And on top of that, he just had that mindset. He, he was a sporting man. He liked to be physical. When he was young, he actually had asthma as a child and found that rigorous exercise was able to combat his asthma. Kind of similar to Teofimo Lopez, actually. So I think based on the fact that he actually had the schooling of actual training in boxing due to bullying, on top of the fact that he was always vigorously training and in shape, even though he didn't necessarily look it, and especially in that style of boxing back day, I think he would have done really well. I, I, I like that Teddy Roosevelt. I, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it, but I'll tell you what. In, in the spirit of debating, I'll give uh, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was a guy who was a tough guy's tough guy. I mean, he also came from a time that was an era that was even before Theodore Roosevelt. So these guys weren't just fist fighting. They were dueling to the death. I mean, he, the fighting to the death was not uncommon in those days. And, <laughs> and, and even though presidents are usually above that kind of savagery, not, not, not Andrew Jackson. He was involved in duels. Um, he was uh, an ex-military general in the War of 1812. So he had the mental makeup to be, have, have been trained properly for, to, to become a, a terrific boxer. And the fearlessness. I mean, this guy went through an attempted assassination, and when the guy's gun jammed, he started beating the guy up with his cane, okay? And usually the guy, you get a guy who's about to shoot you and his gun jams, you know, you see a lot of people who would be running or, or, or going to hide or something because the gun is jammed before the guy's able to unjam the gun. Well, nah, Andrew Jackson starts beating the guy up with his cane, and they end up having to rescue the attempted assassin from Andrew Jackson. Teddy Atlas, uh, Teddy Atlas, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt was was a soldier as well. He literally led the Rough Riders, um, you know. So, but this isn't a talk about who is the better, who would have been better at war, who would have been better in a, in a gunfight. This is who would be a better boxer. And the fact is, Teddy Atlas, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt literally boxed, and he boxed quite a bit. Um, and on top of that, I mean, he missed a great opportunity for Abe Lincoln. Everybody brought up Abe Lincoln. Abe, six foot four. He was a wrestler. He actually did a catch wrestling, which is one of the uh, um, origins of MMA. But no, Teddy, Atlas, uh, Teddy Roosevelt is definitely great. Andrew Jackson and Abe Lincoln had something in common. They both fought the Central Bank. Do your research on that, okay? <laughs> Andrew Jackson's most proud moment when he was at when he was on his deathbed said he killed the bank. And that guy's a fighter's fighter because when you try to kill the bank, they try to kill you. They killed Abe Lincoln. They tried to kill Jackson. Jackson is a fighter's fighter. So that is the biggest mental makeup of all when it comes to being a, a prize fighter. You got to have no fear. He had fearlessness in everything he did. Andrew Jackson for, for the win. Best right. boxer. That's, that's the question. That's that's our bell, but you know we went we it was a two part question and it's okay you only kept it at one but I'm curious. Oh man, you know what? Okay, well, it's we'll, okay. We'll, next week we'll do the other one. It's what was, okay. What was the second part? With the best boxer that that, that would be a president. Oh, that was in there too. We both missed it. At least we both missed it. It was such a good debate. We both missed it. We didn't have time that's to why I didn't bleed say into the other one. Okay. That that's why I didn't say anything. But but out of curiosity, real quick, because we we do these shows pretty quickly, real quick, best boxer that could be. Uh, uh, president. You had some oh. good ones the other day, Paulie. What did you say? Uh, I like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Ray Mancini. Yeah, uh, Tim Bradley said Andre Ward, which I think that yeah. not knocked all our socks yeah. off. That's a yeah. that's a really really good mm -hmm. one. Um, I, but I had said I'd be a Bucci because his nickname was the President and he's a big scary guy, yeah. so he'd have been great for foreign affairs. That was more of a joke, but and and Ray Ray and Ward have a a, a terrific poise and maturity yeah. and both Olympic gold medalists and smart guys. No, I, who can, who could I command think a Tim, mic. Tim had the. 
Tim had the funniest line though. He said that he thought that Abe Lincoln would be the best boxer because so he, he helped said, the brothers out. You know, <laughs> exactly. The brothers would help the him. Brothers out. would help him because he ended slavery. <laughs> you know, so that was the best line. The I, I really thought you were going to go with Abe Lincoln on that one. Well, All right, guys. Like um, Jackson. that that was a feel out round. That's a ten ten round. No way. I, I love. Dude, I love. You can't. You can't dude, Jackson is the fighter's fight. Teddy that? didn't fight the bank. Teddy boxed. Teddy didn't fight the bank. He doesn't matter. Mentally, he he folded. He folded against the bankers. Remember he folded against time? the banksters. That is a 10-10 round. That's even. But don't forget, February 28th, there's going to be no draws, no even rounds. Wednesday Night Boxing is back on Pro Box TV. Cannot wait to see it. Going to have some great fights. Najee Lopez is on the undercard. Can't wait to see him fight again. And Paulie and Chris are calling fights. All right, Paulie. So you, you know, starting... a a Andrew Jackson's initials are AJ, and, you know, same as Anthony Joshua, just so you know. Okay, I mean, don't know what that has to do couple, with round two. A couple but of points we're extra. Gonna... We're gonna go. We're gonna After go to round two. Paulie, you're gonna start this one. This is a, a a lot of people were asking about this fantasy fight. A primed Oscar De La Hoya, guess at 154, but we're we're gonna have it at 154. Oscar De La Hoya against Canelo at 154. Who wins this fight? Who would win that fight? Paulie, you're starting round two. Ring the bell. Canelo Alvarez has a lot of trouble with guys with good jabs. If you notice, even the smaller Cotto gave him, gave him some problems in that fight well, because of his accurate, uh, uh, well-placed jab, well-timed jab. Arislan Dilara is a good, a good boxer. Uh, also gave uh, uh, Canelo problems, even though he's a, he's a southpaw. Um, you, guys with jabs and who have a busy style tend to give Canelo Alvarez problems. So it's hard to pick against Oscar De La Hoya in this fight. He has the power to, to make, keep it respectable as his knockout over Fernando Vargas at 154 pounds showed. But at the same time, uh, a busy, established power jab, speed jab, uh, a jab that is very hard to deal with, as well as the combination punching that Canelo really, really dislikes to deal with, you know? And so between the, 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 the great jab that Oscar De La Hoya has and the combination punching Oscar De La Hoya has, those are two kryptonite things that Canelo uh, really wouldn't be able to deal with. And also Canelo's sense of timing, Oscar also has a sense of timing, so he can disrupt your sense of timing. Canelo really relies on slowing the pace down with his sense of timing. I don't see how he would be able to do that with Oscar De La Hoya, who has, I, I think, a better sense of timing than Canelo. I'm gonna preface, Oscar's my guy. But listen, when we talk about fantasy fights, we're normally talking about them in their absolute prime. But since you picked a weight class, it changes around this question quite a bit and at 154 De La Hoya was just not the same guy he was in those lighter weight classes at 40 and 47 I mean I got De La Hoya all day but Canelo didn't really fight in those weight especially when he was at his best and at 54 De La Hoya just didn't have the output when you talk about things that disrupted Canelo early on it was guys that had a really good jab it was southpaws you mentioned the Lara fight but De La Hoya is a converted southpaw he fights out of the righty stance but it's guys who pick a pace and De La Hoya at 54 just didn't have that when he fought Shane Mosley lost to him twice Canelo, who was a baby, beat up Sh uh, Sh uh, Shane Mosley badly. Um, I, 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 at that weight, I can't see Canelo not picking that, picking that fight up. Uh, De La Hoya didn't, wasn't able to sustain the action, especially late in fights. Any other version, I, I mean, De La Hoya is my guy. It's really hard to go against him, but we're being realistic here. Weight classes are, are, are there for a reason. Canelo just too big and too explosive. We're being Wait. realistic. Uh, Canelo went the distance with Matthew Hatton and a guy who had never even fought at 154 pounds. They had to bring him up just so the guy could win a world championship. We're being realistic here. So let's keep it realistic. Oscar De La Hoya at 154 stops Fernando Vargas, who probably also beats Canelo Alvarez at 154 pounds. We're being realistic. Oscar's jab is still world class at 154 pounds. His combination punching is still there, even if it's not as busy as when he was smaller. And we're being realistic. The Shane Canelo fought is not the Shane Oscar fought. He's 175 years old.
Yeah, and Canelo was 22 years old. It's a different guy. But listen, at 54, Canelo is just, would, would just be too much in terms of explosiveness, combination, punching. And he would not be disrupted by De La Hoya's jab. De La Hoya was just not busy enough at 154. And really, size-wise, he really wasn't a 54-pounder either. Um, yeah, no, it, it's Canelo Alvarez. De La Hoya, I love him. He's great. He's a legend. But at 154, he just was not the same guy. And the Fernando Vargas fight, Fernando fought with too much pride and too much anger and fought with that Mexicano blood. That's why he got caught the way he did. Canelo wouldn't do that. Mm, that was a good one. I got to say, uh, Paulie's fire um, really won the day, and he won that round 10-9. Paulie Malinaji takes a one-point lead. In well, the Oscar's jab doesn't win the day either. Basically, you just got to yell more. You got to yell louder to get... Uh, yeah. We're being realistic. Got, all right, fans, am I not getting robbed out of my, out of my pants here? Give us your thoughts the first round. Section. The first round was insane. Well, you, you, you barely have a shirt on, so, you know, maybe you are getting robbed of your pants, but Paulie takes a one-point lead going in to round... Three. All right, Chris, you're going to start this one. You're only one point behind. Don't get rattled, Chris. You're a champ. Don't get rattled. Round hey, three. Hey, just, just disclaimer, Kamish. Don't, don't go giving him a, a freebie round just to go into He gave you a freebie in the first round. Just to go into the already, last he already, round. He already gave uh, you a just freebie. Just to go into the last round with all the play for. All he right? gave, just, you, just, you, just he already gave you a freebie. All right. All right. All right. Round three. Chris, you're going to start this one. AJ and Big Bang Zhang, they could be on a collision course because the belts are going to be tied up. Uh, they both have fights coming up in March. They have a history. They fought in the 2012 Olympics. AJ beat him on a decision in that fight. But they would have match up in the pros. Who would win that fight? Chris, you are starting round three. Ring the bell. This is an awesome fight, and unfortunately probably one we're never going to see in the pros. You know, the, AJ, like you said, has the victory over him in the amateurs. But the AJ that's fighting now, the guy that has the momentum that he has, who's come back from a, a crazy trail to get back to where he is, and most of that is just being active and working on new things, getting new trainers. This AJ, I do not see Gilei Zhang beating. This AJ is similar to the guy that, that we saw when he was younger. Not only is he technically superior, not only does he have the physique and the size and the power to get his respect from Zilei Zhang, but he's got a better gas tank too. Zilei Zhang has fallen apart in fights late, especially when they really matter. And I think that this fight, Zhang's not going not gonna to be able to hurt AJ early. It's going to go into the deeper waters. And AJ's superior technique and, that, and enough power to respect uh, uh, get, get respect from Zhile Zhang would be the difference. He'd be able to outbox him from the outside. He'd stay away from the, the power punching and the, and the counter punches. Zhile Zhang just is not going to be busy enough to get a win over AJ at this stage of both of their careers. Remember, Zhile Zhang is 40, 41 years old. Great. I, I like Zhang. Usually I'm all up for a debate. What am I going to do? I, I love the AJ version with uh, Ben Davidson. I'm sorry. I, I, at range, he controls range better. Uh, he, he controls the center ring better. He's got better combination punching, better punch selection than Zhang. Zhang's southpaw stance can make it a little tricky. Uh, they have a history together. AJ beat him at the Olympics as well. Uh, AJ's a better boxer, and his power still matters. And, and when he's able to set it up the more deceptively with the uh, training, that I feel like Ben Davidson's given him a little, a little bit more, more of an angle as far as being more deceptive with its attack, it will make his power that much more devastating and that much land that much more cleanly and that much more effective. I think Zhang would always give you the effort, but at 40, 41 years old, maybe he's even 42, who knows, he's 100, going on 175. I mean, listen, it, it's, it's AJ. It's AJ. He's all, all the, he checks all the boxes in this fight. I'm all up for a debate. This is sparring session. What am I going to do? Pick Zhang? You, the, the AJ that is trained with Ben Davidson does not lose to Zhile Zhang. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, and on top of that, uh, AJ would be the leader in the fight. And Zhang would have to be the counterpuncher. He'd have to sit back. And AJ's just too smart at this point. He would be setting things up, fighting from the outside, not taking... Listen, we saw it when he fought Andy Ruiz in the second fight. He knows when a guy is dangerous and had to stay away from him. It doesn't make for the best fight possible. But I, I think with the power that he has been able to display in his career, that it seems like he's found again. That Arnold Valin fight, another southpaw, he was able to chew him up, break him down. And a normally very difficult guy to deal with, AJ was able to dismantle. I see the same thing with the Gilles Zhang fight. I'm going to give love to Sean George in the Gilles Zhang corner. You know, he's obviously improved Zhang. Uh, even, even, even though Zhang was a world-class fighter coming out of the Olympics, Sean George has improved Zhang a lot. But again, he's, he reminds me of like a locomotive who, ha who goes at that speed and can't stop. You know, so he's going to go forward. He's going to pressure. He's going to put the punches together when he's in range. But he's got to find his range. He's not going to really be deceptive in terms of being able to find range the correct way. AJ's deceptive. AJ has good punch selection. AJ's got a, a good, better lead hand. AJ's strong, and he'll be more accurate in that stop. These are tough ones when, when you both agree. But uh, before I give the, the scoring on that round, don't forget February 28th, Wednesday Night Fights is back. Good fighters and great fights. Paulie, Mike Goldberg, and Chris Avery on the mic. Cannot wait for that one. But we go back to the scoring. You both agreed that AJ, it's so funny too. You're only as good as your last fight. And, and before AJ's last fight, I think you guys might have thought Zhang would win. But you both have AJ winning this one. Um... But I got to go with Chris Algieri, 10-9. There's a shocker. I think Chris Algieri, yeah, there's a, there's a surprise. eat that one out. I, 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 you almost had me going when you said Paulie, and I thought you were going to give me the round. I, but then, I did, too. But then, but then, but then in my head, followed, I'm like, I'm like why'd you give you, it to this guy? But, but then you followed it with Mike Goldberg <laughs> instead, of saying, instead of telling me that, you know, uh, that I'm going to win the round. You were still you know, broadcasting about Wednesday, February 28th show. It's all right. Little, Not little shocked. Direction, but... Not shocked. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm going to close strong now. That's what I do. Well, that's a shocker. Pauli Mananaji is complaining. But for you fans, we've got an even fight going into the last round. All right, Pauli, you are starting this. Everything is on the table for this one. We're going to see a new champ. We're going to see a repeat. Round four is the most devastating revenge knockout in history, something that happened in a rematch. Pauli, you're going to start that one. There have been a lot of great ones. Great ones. I've got a lot of great ones in my mind. I want to hear what you two champs have to say. Pauli? Ring the bell to start round four. You you go, Polly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there is a, a few in my mind, but I'm not gonna mention them because I don't I don't know which what, what my uh my my com my competitor here, my steam competitor is gonna go with. I don't want to give him any ideas, but I'll tell you what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the the modern one, the the one that people can really uh, uh resonate with because it was in the last quarter century. Lennox Lewis and Hussein Rachman. Not just for the fact that the the first fight was such a shock and such an upset, and the first knockout was such a devastating knockout that Lennox Lewis actually suffered at the hands of Rachman with a, a one punch KO. So it had all of the makings of something really devastating, and then Lennox completely flipped it around and made it uh, uh, even more devastating in the rematch. The, the, we all remember Rockman going down right underneath the crown of Don King. You know, that made him even more resonating. That way, get all the headlines, all the, all the pictures in the, in the ring magazine and whatnot, the way uh, Lennox had come out with that knockout. Also, the way Lennox set it up with that hook right hand. Jab was pumping. He was sharp. He made a statement. And then I sent a ring. Who can forget Lennox Lewis? I sent a ring. I sent a ring. Excellent, excellent choice. Uh, it was one that I had in my mind as well, but I also thought historically, what would be more important? The name, the question is, what was the most devastating revenge KO in boxing history? And there's no doubt about that. It's Joe Lewis, Max Schmeling. Joe, Max Schmeling, going into the Joe Lewis fight, said, he makes a mistake. There's going to be openings for my right hand. 
And sure enough, he could not miss that right hand in the first fight. It was incredible. I mean, he, uh, Max Schmeling is one of those guys, very methodical, very technical. He, he, he was, he's German. I mean, he, he was very much like a, like a technical robot in there. And he found that right hand over and over and over again on the, on the much more athletic, stronger, faster uh, Joe Lewis. But then Joe Lewis comes back with confidence and America behind him. This is basically uh, a world war. And, you know, everyone, the, the Europeans were all backing Max Schmeling. He's going to come back. He's going he's to get the win. And Joe Lewis went out there and absolutely decimated him. It looked like they should have never been in the ring together. As well as Max fought in that first fight, the revenge that Joe Lewis got ended any thoughts that there could be a rubber match. Rick. Oh, the same thing. You can say the same thing with Lennox and, and Hassan Rockman. You know, the uh, the first fight had been in South Africa. It was uh, they, they tr it was sort of a you know comparison, the Rumble in the Jungle kind of kind of storylines where you're in Africa and Rockman gets a big gets the big uh, upset. But Rockman just couldn't come back in the rematch. Lennox was so prepared. Also, if you remember the first fight, Lennox was working on Ocean's Eleven. Came back, he assured everybody he would be ready in the rematch, and the knockout was devastating. I mean, the the pinpoint hook right hand that landed, the way Rockman hit the ground. Devastating. The problem with the choice of Rockman is Rockman wasn't on the same level as the other guys were talking. Max Schmeling was world class, and Rockman, who had lost, he got knocked out by Moskayev, and and uh, you know, so he, he it wasn't the same kind of comeback. With Max Schmeling, it was like, wow, this is this is the guy who's here to stay. And then Joe Lewis, the star, was born when he came back, and it was it was it was destroy. It was vicious. I mean, if, I've actually watched this fight recently. Joe Lewis was an absolute machine, methodical, crushing power with both hands, short, crisp punches. Max Schmeling was absolutely dead in that fight. Revenge, KO, and history, Joe Lewis, Max Mellon. Chris Algieri, you get the nod 10-9. You've eked it out. You are the new yeah. sparring I feel section. like I've been set up. Where's my fans? I feel like I've been set up. This was definitely, I won that debate. Rockman and Lennox Lewis was a more devastating rematch, KO. I won that, that debate. That is a nod to history. That is a nod to history. And the great Joe Lewis, a fight that many people have forgotten. I'll tell you what would have won it, hands down, though. Pacquiao Marquez 4. That Ooh. one punch Pacquiao lying face first would have won yeah. the round if someone yeah. said that. Wow. But, that we're, um, we're, that's shame a, on us. We're, we both dropped Marquez. the ball. And, we were, and it's our friend. <laughs> yeah. we, we both we we dropped the, the ball box. on that one. Well, guys, that's Yikes. why I'm here in the bow tie. That's why I'm the judge, ref, and commissioner. So no, there you you're, go. You're, you're the resident boxing historian here. So. We know what it is. <laughs> that throws you off because you think in rematch, that was a fourth fight between them. So you, you, yes. you lose the fact. Yes. That yeah, 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 yeah. You do. You do. Well, we got a new champ. Chris Algieri is our new champ. Don't forget February 28th, Wednesday. You're going to see both these guys on the mic with Mike Goldberg calling the fights, the great fights that are on Wednesday night fights. Make sure you check that out and subscribe to us on YouTube. Pro Box TV is your boxing channel.